The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Obsessed with gadgets, I have to admit, love new tech, love trying out new things. So I've asked Andy O'Donoghue to come back with Ben Finnegan to do some of the things we either didn't get enough time to do or didn't do at all during the recent tech show, which of course is available to listen back to in full from the Today FM website. So I want to ask you first about Amazon Alexa and Google Nest. How do you pick which is the best one for you, Andy? Well, it's a good question, Matt. And there is no simple answer to that because both of them are very good. Um, The Amazon Alexa devices were the first to arrive. And as a result, I suppose they stole a march on the market. And I suppose I would choose the Amazon Alexa because they do more. They integrate with more services. So so tell us what it does for those who are not familiar. So you you, you get it, you plug it in, you turn it on and it's great fun because you can ask it questions and it refers to Wikipedia, other world facts, but it does little calculations, finds calendar events for you. You can integrate it with even your Gmail or your uh, other diary software so you can check your schedule and your calendar and which is useful indeed for a family. But the real key thing is it acts as a smart home hub. So you can connect it to the likes of the Nest or Tato thermostats, to Philips and lots of other light bulbs, to smart curtain rails. And so you can have the effect of sort of... A, if you have all of those If you things. have. And to, what people tend to do is they'll buy an Alexa, they'll spend 50 or 60 euros on, the, on a small Alexa device, and then they'll buy one light bulb. And inevitably, for about two weeks, everyone in the house will ask Alexa to turn the light bulb on and off. But after a little while, you begin to think, that's really useful because I can do that when I'm away from home. I can do it, uh, turn off the lights in the kids' room, say, from downstairs. So you begin to think smart home might work for you. But hang on, do you have to do other things to make those smart light bulbs work for you? You can't just screw them in, can you? And, that they, are, and they work automatically for the, you? Yes, they're, so they're, these smart light bulbs start at about €12, Euros, up to about 40 for the Philips Hue range, which are uh, brilliant, but a little bit pricey. And they're Wi-Fi and some of them are Bluetooth, but the Wi-Fi ones literally just uh, screw in and you can get Bayonet or Edison screw and they work instantly. You don't need to get the electrician in to do anything for you. Don't. Now, you do need a hub to go with it, be it the Alexa or the Philips hub, because I got stung with that before where I bought a Philips light bulb and I thought, oh, this is oh, great. And you? then there was no hub. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go and spend 60 euro on a hub then. So, so, the, so the Philips, you do have to have the bridge, the Philips yeah. Hue bridge. And, but um, you were going posh, Ben, and yeah. you can buy... Um, I lost you, the run of myself. You did. Uh, you can buy the LE bulbs, which are cheap, and you don't need a hub for them. You just need the smart home device. However, if you've got the budget, you can't beat the Philips Hue range. Mm. I believe you prefer the Google Nest. Well, this is just because I have one and I just know how to work it. My mother has an Alexa at home and there's, there's very little difference between them, but I like the um, the, the Nest just because it, it fits in the palm of your hand. You can hide it away. Um, it's very easy to turn off and on the microphone if you don't want to be listened to, uh, which I also like. But like whichever one you go for, be it the Amazon or the Google, they all have the same products Effectively, you can get a, a, a. I'm pretty sure you can get a, a Google one with a screen like the Amazon. You can. Yeah. So, like, which are, are they hard to set up? And I'd say this, and this is going to make me sound very, very stupid, but it was either last Christmas or the Christmas before my brother in law bought me a Google Nest, and I've never been able to get it working connected with anything. I, I haven't really had any problem with it. Like, I have a 
Google Nest and a Chromecast, and they're both in the Google Home app. And they're fairly responsive Mm. to each other. Like I can ask Google to put on something on the Chromecast. Not that I would, but I could. (laughs) (laughs) Would you not have any privacy concerns? Yeah. That's, that's why I turn off the mic and I get ri- like when Andy gets so excited about, oh, you can turn off the kids room's lights. I, I'm like, just go upstairs and turn it off. Like there is a limit to, I think, this smart home tech. And there's a listener here who says all them Alexa and hey, Google things are making people so lazy. I refuse to have them in my house. Yeah, I oh, know. I'm, I'm the same. Like, I don't like I don't like the, the idea of the the data mining from it <clears throat> and I always turn off the microphone and the same, as I said in the gadget show, with the ring doorbell. I don't like the whole well, element of that. I, and, and I appreciate the privacy concerns and most of them now have a physical button for the cameras if, you, if they're equipped with a camera. But the quick sell that I would do about why I love these and why they have become so useful is if you install literally just half a dozen of the compatible smart home devices, you can set up a system so that when the doorbell rings and you're not home, the lights switch on or the lights turn off or when somebody triggers a motion sensor in your garden, the outdoor lights come on, the video starts rolling and you have your Alexa play the sound of a dog. All of that kind of thing is possible or when it gets too cold in a particular room, the radiator comes on but goes off in other rooms. So there are tremendous advantages, both economic and there's a lot of fun to be had as well. I do like the idea of the hive stuff where you can remotely control your heating. I I enjoyed that one. Okay. I want to move on to safety if you're cycling or hoverboarding. Um, Cycling. You have a couple of devices here, Andy. You've got the C-Sense Iconic Smart Bike Light. I think you spoke about this before, but it's worth coming back to. I mentioned it, and I just think it's a wonderful Christmas present for cyclists. And um, for drivers who are worried about cyclists not having lights on their well, bike. Well, a- absolutely. And this is the new... And C-Sense are a company based in Newton Ards in County Down. And um, actually, I, I believe it started as a Kickstarter project initially. Um, this is their new Icon 3. And it's um, the rear light that I got is a 350 lumens light. And it's a smart light. So there are lots of interesting features about the Icon. You can look them up. It's about €116 Euros to buy. But um, it's... It flashes bright when you go to a roundabout or in bad weather and all sorts of smart technology. And if you are replacing, yes, it's not a cheap light, but if you're replacing a light, it is probably the best cycling light that I've seen. Is okay. that, can you only use that on bikes or could you use it on like an e-scooter or something like that? Well, you'd have, you'd have to have somewhere to, to attach it. So, you know, could you attach it to your person? I'm not sure, but it's good thought. Okay, and what about this um, smart bike Bluetooth helmet with wireless handlebar remote control uh, called the Leval Unisex? Well, fascinating, and I think they're about €80, and um, it's got LED lights and turn signals, and we know that uh, drivers will often, and I cycle quite a bit, drivers will often beep, they'll give out to you, and uh, often some cyclists don't indicate where they're going, but fantastic to have turn signals on a helmet, and so you're letting uh, people know where you're heading, and there's also an alert sensor on it, so um, essentially that's impact detection, 
connection. So if you come off your bike and there's no movement, you it um, you attaches to your phone or uh, communicates with your phone and notifies three of your contacts. Nice safety feature. Ben, I believe you borrowed one of the hoverboards to have a go off. Oh, the hoverboards are just... Now, the stand-up hoverboards, impossible to use, but there's a little uh, connection, I think, which is like for €90, Euro, which is a seat on top of a hoverboard. It turns it into a little tricycle yeah. and you can control it using your arms. It is the most fun I've had in years. I was going around the office. Since going to your Garth Brooks concerts. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry, Garth. Um, but it, it has light up wheels. I only used it inside in the office. I don't know what it would be like outside if it was a, if it was a wet evening. You're very close to the ground. So. You know, people mightn't see you coming. The wheels do light up, seeing as we're talking about uh, bike safety. Uh, I don't think it would be something that you could use commuting. It's more of just a bit of fun. If you have a decent sized shed, you could probably whiz around on that. But in terms of actual practical use, like, look, having said that, the hoverboard in itself, I don't know what much practical use you can get out of it. I know a lot of people use them, but... I found it very hard to okay. balance on it. You have another cycling thing, the Cyclo Discover Pal, a trip computer for cyclists. We're starting at about three hundred and fifty euro. What yeah. does this do? Well, this this is uh, so cycling computers are a thing, and I think that they are a thing for people who love going on those long bike rides. You know, the people who do kind of uh, fifty or hundred kilometers on a Sunday. I think it's ideal, Matt, for somebody going away on holiday on a cycling holiday, and it's uh, it has a GPS, but it has everything about it is made for cycling so um, it's a really tough little device fits in the palm of your hand but it integrates with Strava to give you route, cycling routes and uh, Komoot and route you and um, you can uh, go out on your bike and it uh, records stats records your uh, records your track records your calorie burn and that kind of stuff but there's a brilliant little um, point of interest feature on it so you can um, if you're away you can find cafes or even a bike shop and it will guide you to them and I think for serious cyclists it's a really nice idea maybe not at home on a Sunday but certainly if you're going uh, on holiday on a cycling holiday um, the Discover Pal is a really lovely device Okay there's one other thing I want to this was briefly mentioned by Elaine during the gadget show but you've also been testing it again Ben Sennheiser wireless Bluetooth noise cancelling headphones Yeah these are amazing for the price they're only about 120 130 euro right now when I got I got them on Friday and uh, quite easy to set up. You put it in through an app and it connects that way. Didn't ask for my data, which I loved, and just turned them on. There's a couple of knobs and buttons on the side of them which you can get used to. The noise cancelling is very good on them. The only downside to the noise cancelling compared to Apple AirPods, which I use regularly, you can't easily turn on and off the uh, noise cancelling and go into transparency mode, which can be handy if you're like cycling or something like that. But it does turn off automatically when you get a call or make a call. The the, the, the microphone is far better than anything that Apple offer in terms of that. I know they're an over-ear as opposed to in-ear, um, but I was... I was very, very impressed with them. And the battery as well is 30 hours and you only need to charge that for about an hour or two. One last one, Andy, from you. Sennheiser TV clear set. And so this is interesting because you get the same audio quality that Ben has been talking about there. But I think this is ingenious. 
and it's a pair of headphones that you put in and there's a small transmitter that you plug into the back of the TV and it allows you to listen to the volume on the television through the headphones but with the speaker of the TV turned on. The idea of them is that if somebody's in the house, someone in the house is hard of hearing, they can have the TV volume at their own volume or if everybody's gone to bed and you want to pump up the volume on a movie, you can turn up the headphones. Um, They're not cheap, they're almost 400 euros but they are a spectacular design. Um, I've been testing a pair and the battery hasn't needed to be recharged yet and I just think that they would make for less arguments about the TV volume which can be an issue. I think they could do that for every headphone just have a little trans transmitter that you plug into the TV and you can plug any headphone into them. I think that'd be great. Ben Finnegan, thank you for coming in. Andy, come back to us tomorrow for Tech Tuesday where I want to ask you about uh, sleeping aids, tech sleeping aids, as I need some more sleep at the moment. (laughs) And also, I want to talk to you about making your Wi-Fi better throughout the home, what gadgets you can get to actually improve the availability of Wi-Fi to all spots of the home and if there's heavy use from various people around the house as well. So we'll talk about that in Tech Tuesday tomorrow. Thank you for coming in. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-